Hello? Okay, I think I think we're ready. <laughs> My name is Daria Supranbrdena, and you're listening to episode three of Intimacies by Daria, where we talk about longing and empty spaces and how to get on with getting out of bed and being able to fall asleep at night every day when something that used to keep you full is no longer there. I started this podcast because I'm having an extremely difficult time moving forward from a relationship, the only relationship I've ever been in, and likely the most significant and meaningful and transformative experience I've had so far in my life. I'm wearing all black, (laughs) as it's a rather somber day for myself. Yesterday I was at this party. I was having a fabulous time, actually, because everything felt so new, like I almost felt like an alien who had descended upon Earth and was now seeing what it's like to party because I haven't been to a party like that in a while. It's insane when you have been anticipating and preparing for a moment for a long time and then it finally happens out of the blue and that's what happened. I had run into my former lover and his new woman slash likely girlfriend Oh my gosh, I I honestly think yesterday was one of the worst days of my life. And today is, you know, I'm trying to laugh through this, but I'm also in a lot of pain. It's also strange, I think, to have a day that feels so bad and then, you know, just have to get up and do things the next day and live your life. Grief takes up so much space, and yet our everyday lives don't really afford it enough space so we're all forced to do all these mundane seemingly completely trivial silly things in the grand scheme of things while also carrying so much pain and so i had been dancing with my friend and it was it was wonderful it was brilliantly fun and then it happened so fast i lost my friend for a brief moment and i was i think just standing actually about to go upstairs to leave and then I just looked up and he had appeared right before me and also haven't seen this person in I I guess almost four weeks now and so this was a very jarring traumatic even first meeting (laughs) he had appeared before me like some ghost of a dead person because that's what it has felt like You know, this is someone who I guess was my best friend. And now there's just so much distance. Like, impossibly large distance. (laughs) I'm starting to cry. But the show must go on, so huzzah. And I look over to the side and there's this girl. Yeah, and it was loud and it was dark. And the interaction was so brief. It was probably only 20 seconds, probably, and... He was like, he turned around to his his new girl and was like, this is Daria. And I was like, hello, <laughs> it is I, Daria. And I was like, it's really nice to meet you. And I thankfully was a smart cookie and removed myself from the situation as soon as I could because I knew that if I stayed for 10 seconds more, I likely would have combusted into flames or I don't know I don't know what I would have done but it's good that I left I was just I just said I I'm gonna go (laughs) 
And I think everybody in the situation understood why I had to go. And then I told her it's really nice to meet her again. And then I went upstairs. And then I started crying. <laughs> Not even 15 seconds after leaving, I just I started crying. And I was just like, Max, he has, he's, he's with a, I just saw him and he's with a new girl. The initial reaction was actually a lot better than what had happened an hour later. Because we, you know, we had left the party and my friend is always so lovely and just was able to calm me down and make me laugh really quickly. But then, you know, the day kept moving on and we went somewhere else and I actually also bumped into another friend who then told me that, yeah, like, that's his girlfriend. And I'm surprised that I didn't know that. <laughs> I was like, no, I did not know that. And it is terrible to hear and terrible to hear that, I guess, everybody else knows that. And I didn't know that. And so then we were going to go to another. Well, actually, we we're going to go back to that same party. So we were on the way. And, you know, I was, again, feeling not too bad. I was like, oh, that was really sad, but it, it's OK. I'll get on with my day. And then we get to this party, we're standing in the line, and I realized that I, I can't do it. I just, I can't go in. I need to exit the premises. I need to return home. I need to walk outside, anything. Because I'm really sad, and I don't think I can potty when I'm really sad. And so I apologized to my lovely gentleman friend. And I was like, mate, I'm sorry. I know this is not the kind of day you wanted from me today, but I'm really sad and I need to leave. But the moment that I came outside and started walking by myself, I just fell apart completely, completely. I, oh my God. <laughs> like I just, I started walking and started crying and crying more and more. And this is on a pretty busy street too. This is, you know, on the same street as the party is occurring on. So there's all these college students who, some of them don't know me at all. Some of them know me through maybe mutual friends or social media. And, you know, I was just publicly falling apart right there, crying so hard. I was trying to order my Uber. The Ubers kept canceling on me. And then there's this older woman, probably elderly woman actually, who was standing a few feet away from me. And she was so bewildered, and she was like, are, are you okay? And I was like, yes, yes, I'm okay, I'm so sorry, I just I can't stop crying. And she was like, uh, okay, and had no idea what to do with me. And so I just proceeded to stand there, and it was one of those moments actually where I was completely losing sense of reality around me, I think, because I just shut my eyes and like continued to cry. And at this point, I'm, I'm bawling, like, audibly sobbing it likely sounded as though as though somebody was you know physically hurting me and people are walking by me all of these college students who are on their way to this party and they just see this crying girl in her little like slutty outfit <laughs> they were like what is going on and then these nice girls stopped and asked me am i okay do i need help getting somewhere and again i while sobbing, was trying to explain to them that I'm okay, that it's fine, they can go, I'm okay, I'm just, I don't know why I'm crying. And then thankfully, my friend from earlier, literally, I 
bless her soul, she's, oh my gosh, was a lifesaver to me yesterday. She luckily was coming back to that party too. And so she saw me and she grabbed me and she was like, oh no, what's wrong? Like, I'm gonna help you get home. And I just unraveled even further, which I did not realize was possible. I think because suddenly I felt safer to do that. And I just, I started crying so hard. And I guess almost screaming too. I, <laughs> I honestly am not entirely sure because the emotion was so intense that I think I might have blacked out for a few minutes there. And I just started yelling about like how much I hate him. <laughs> just how much I hate him and how much it hurts just over and over again and if you've ever seen Grey's Anatomy there's this episode where Christina Yang I guess had had a miscarriage and was in the hospital and suddenly she has this very emotional breakdown and at one point she starts screaming somebody sedate me somebody sedate me and oh my god I really would have benefited from somebody sedating me in this moment because I the, it was just it was just a lot I felt like I had to be restrained and sedated and put into a calm room because I couldn't stop crying and I couldn't stop I guess yelling at this point and what happens to me always is also that my body really tightens and I my hands for example ball up into fists and I feel myself constricting and getting smaller and, and this entire time it's also I guess to a degree quite funny because I'm standing there having one of those intense emotional breakdowns slash panic attacks, I guess, of my life. And all these college students are walking by me and I'm dressed absurdly because, you know, it's like this is a party and it's the time to be a salacious young woman and show off my sexuality. And thus, I was wearing these really low-rise jeans and a thong that was like right up my body, meaning that everybody could see my thong and, you know, this tiny top that left my entire stomach and waist just out there for the world to see. Hopefully my mom's not listening because she would actually be incredibly upset to hear that information. And she also always tells me that you should not wear cropped things because it endangers your kidneys and your kidneys are the source of your life. But alas, it's a party. And so yes, I'm sobbing, bawling, wearing this tiny, tiny top, my thong just out and about, literally probably seeming incredibly emotionally unstable and unwell. And everybody else is just walking to, to, you know, a party. So they were like, this is not what I had signed up for. I did not come to this party to see this insane sexy girl, hopefully. <laughs> Having an actual emotional breakdown. I had to walk across the corner. And as I'm walking across the corner, my Uber cancels on me. The fact that I couldn't order my own uber was starting to unravel me further and further into panic and so at some point i just sit down on the street literally just on the public street 
and continue to sob and curl up into a ball, pretty much. This is also during the day. During the day, most people are just enjoying a regular Saturday. You know, again, having not signed up to watch me be an insane person. And so then finally, these, this group of other girls come up to me too, and they're like, are you okay? Can we help you in any way? And I, <laughs> again, kept being like, no, no, I'm okay. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm crying. I'm so sorry. I just, I can't, I, ah. <laughs> They're like, what's going on? And I was like, it's just my ex-boyfriend. I saw him with his new girlfriend. <laughs> Everybody's like, what? I was like, I just can't stop crying. <laughs> yeah, and so then I my Uber finally comes. I get inside my Uber and I start again crying inside the Uber. <laughs> and my Uber driver my Uber driver's like, uh, are are you right, miss? And I said, yes, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> again, repeating the same thing over and over again. And he was really nice. He handed me a tissue. And then for the whole car ride, proceeded to talk to me. I guess give me wisdom. And I think advice about love or something. And how soon I won't be in so much pain. And I just sat there quietly, sobbing to myself, laughing at his jokes too. And I finally got home. Then I continued to cry more, and I cried to the guys who work in my building because they're awesome, and I tell them everything about my dates. And they, in some ways, I guess, know me better than most people in the city, and so I cried to them. They know my former lover, too, so they understood the situation quite well, and yeah, and it was just <laughs> a long afternoon of crying. And then I went upstairs to my room and, surprise, started crying again. And at this point I'm in bed and I, you know, now at least there's nobody around so I can really let loose. So I start sobbing so intensely, like screaming into my sheets because of how badly it hurt. And I actually have an excerpt because as I was crying I thought, okay, maybe this will, maybe... This will be good context to provide for my podcast so that people get the scene a bit better, get some nice nice audio effects. And so here's a small excerpt of me uncontrollably sobbing. Enjoy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you've heard how truly insane I am yeah that was that was yesterday that was I kept crying like that for a really long time and I then I guess passed out in the midst of it because I then woke up at midnight I guess to reflect on the situation and the reality of now knowing that my former lover has a new lover ow saying it hurts (laughs) yeah It just feels like someone's repeatedly putting a knife into my stomach and taking it out and then putting it in again. And I think this, I mean, the interaction could have been a lot worse. It was only around 30 seconds, 20 seconds, and it was in the dark, and it was, you know, we didn't even exchange conversation, and 
I was able to keep it together and tell her that it was lovely to meet her because, I mean, yeah, I guess it is lovely to meet her even though it's also terribly painful. But I think part of the pain was that not having seen this person for around four weeks and not even talked in any way and then seeing him there with this new girl was so awful and then I guess like half an hour later finding out that it's his new girlfriend <laughs> ow yeah just ow and you know I had mentioned that I was at one point screaming into the street about how much I hate him <laughs> and you know so, like sometimes I feel guilty I guess for experiencing that or admitting to it and it sounds so grossly out of proportion always and I feel like positions me as a pretty nonsensical, delusional person, but I think that's also just the reality of loving somebody who you love so much or have loved so much in this really intense, consuming, overwhelming way, and yet at the same time having experienced so much pain over the time of being with them and over the time of being in love with them. I think it makes it impossible not to hate somebody to a degree because it just leaves you so angry with not being able to just step out of that love for them and to stop experiencing pain. It just <laughs> feels like something you have so little control over and it's really easy to slip into the rage of things and try to identify all these little reasons for blame. You know, reducing that person to somebody who just wanted to hurt you and who has never cared for you and who like all these pretty empty statements that aren't reflective of what actually occurred between the two of you and yet I realized that as much as I can hate this person it's also someone that I have loved so much and I guess for better or for worse still do and I guess like knowing how to sit with pain for someone that you still love is really hard and when you're letting go of someone it's a lot easier to just think about all the worst sides of them and all the worst things they did to you because you know it reminds you that actually you don't really want to be with them that there are people with whom things are going to be a lot better but like their relationship wasn't just all the bad stuff it was also all these probably like best moments of my life too but when something has ended and you no longer have access to those things again it's just somewhat unbearably painful to just sit there and think about all those good things and know for a fact that you're never going to experience any of them with this particular person again and meeting that next person for them I think it just hammers in the nail and really makes it clear that this is the end and that this person has made room for someone else now and that you've become like a relic of the past and I guess more of this inconvenience if anything these days rather than like the person that they want to share everything with and the person that they prioritize <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about, you know, the reasons why I'm angry still and that impulse to just loathe this person that I've loved so much. And I think a big part of it is this feeling that I was almost used up and like debilitated by all the lessons that I apparently had taught this person. Where like in some of our last conversations, they would tell me about how much I taught them and how much our relationship taught them and like, and in this way that I can tell has just empowered them completely and like has helped them grow into this like stronger better man and this stronger better man who's who now knows how to better treat that next person at first like when i would hear that i you know i feel like i should be flattered 
but instead I felt really, really sad and quite terrible to hear that because I don't really share that feeling. I know very much and acknowledge that this relationship has taught me the most I've ever learned and that the past two years have just taught me the most I've ever learned, but I think we've had different lessons because I think the ways in which we've hurt each other and taught each other stuff has, have been quite different and you know maybe he, this person would completely disagree this is an incredibly subjective biased show ever because it's just me and my feelings so you should frame everything that you hear on here from that context and know that it's not always the most accurate or balanced representation of what is going on but I just feel like the lessons that I taught were a lot less painful and a lot more gently taught than the lessons that he taught me. And sometimes I wonder, I guess, if all that love was worth all that pain, because there's just so much of both. I think I could have been taught a lot of the lessons that I did in a much gentler and more loving way than I was. And it almost feels as though a lot of the lessons that I taught this person were to become more open and more giving and trusting and loving and I feel like a lot of the lessons that I learned were just to become less so and to in some ways be more closed off to love and romantic partners and to be less naive in the way that I dress things and I think the way things have been going in my day in my dating life really affirmed that because I just feel like there's so much physical pain in my body that almost feels like trauma, which I hate using that word because it always feels so out of proportion, but I remember mentioning that's my therapist and her actually stepping in and being like, well, no, like, it is trauma. A lot of us associate that word only with the big scary things like death and sexual assault and, you know, things that we hear and we know are so traumatic to somebody. And so with a lot of other pain that's kind of on a smaller scale and more subtle, we we don't feel like we have the right to attribute that word to it. But objectively speaking, like any kind of big pain that you experience and the kind of pain that sticks with you, that is trauma and it's something that's really hard to let go of. But yeah, like within my own dating life now, I feel like I'm carrying pain from things that had happened and just the sense of needing to be more closed and less trusting and less naive. And that's kind of a shitty feeling because I feel almost like a lot of my good things were taken from me. And I think, of course, you can frame it in the sense that I gave them away and I let them be taken. I guess I, just, I didn't really think this is where I'd be left. <laughs> Something that I think is really hard for me to think about and I keep getting stuck on is this idea in my head or maybe even knowledge that whoever he's with next, whether it's this girl or somebody else, that they're just going to be treated in all the ways that I had hoped to be <laughs> and that like I was almost a guinea pig who was used up for all those lessons and now somebody else is going to be like reaping those benefits and that even like within their relationship once things had changed and things had gotten better I wasn't able to reap those benefits because I was so still in so much pain from the things that had happened I know I tried my hardest and I actually think he tried his hardest too and you know like it was never an issue of not loving the other person enough not wanting to work hard enough for the other person for either of us which is what makes it even more frustrating because it feels so unfair <laughs> if you love somebody so much then like <laughs> like why why can't it work out I don't really understand but that's just life <laughs> so it's okay <laughs> 
And so I keep getting stuck on this feeling like I, I failed and that I wasn't loving enough and that I wasn't gentle enough and that I wasn't giving and understanding enough. And I know, objectively speaking, those things aren't true because I have never given so much as I have in this to anybody else. And I have never worked so hard to be so understanding and like gentle and forgiving with someone. And But I think the pain that I experienced from certain things that occurred between us or from certain miscommunications or misunderstandings and disappointments and conclusions, I think all of it was just too intense and accumulative that no matter how hard I wanted to make things work and be as like trusting that it's going to work out again, I couldn't do that and I still wouldn't be able to do it because, you know, like I'm riddled with so much rage that's really hard for me to let go of and I know that this is just how relationships work most of the time you try and it doesn't work out and it's not a failure of yours or theirs but I think finding somebody to blame is always so alluring it makes you feel like you have more control in your own life and that things aren't just random and out of your hands something happened because somebody did something rather than just because it's not meant to work out and I think something that people don't talk about enough is that it is in my opinion, a lot more painful to be the person who ends the relationship rather than the person who the relationship is ended with. The ender is always framed as the bad guy, even if you feel like you only ended things because you were being forced to and because you knew things didn't feel right. And like having to convince someone of that when you still really love them and when you like the last thing you want to be is alone and to lose all these things between the two of you, I think that takes a lot more strength than sticking with something just because you're scared of ending it. And I think it comes with so much guilt because you do feel like the bad guy. And I think it also leaves less space for grief because, you know, you're the one who got, who decided to let things go. You're the one who couldn't stick it out. But I think letting go of something that you really don't want to let go of and ending things with someone that you really love, I think that takes a lot of strength. And I think in some ways it situates you as, as a really loving person because you had the strength to not be selfish in some ways and like decide to carry the burden of being the ender. I think this impulse to tell myself I failed for not making it work and feeling like maybe I'd been too weak and again, just not strong enough and not loving enough and not giving enough. I think that's one of the things that I was left with from this relationship and trying to unlearn I don't want to be in a relationship that consistently made me feel like I was at fault and that I wasn't doing enough or I wasn't doing things in the right way. I don't want to be with somebody who I feel like didn't afford me the same effort to be understanding as I did to them. And again, all of this is its just my side of things. I'm sure there are plenty of ways that I've disappointed and continue to disappoint this person. I think coming away from a relationship feeling like now you're just riddled with all these doubts about yourself and about whether anyone is going to be able to accept all the things you want them to accept about you and whether anyone is going to be able to understand you and whether what you do is going to be enough for anybody. I think in some ways that's natural for any breakup, but I think it also gives insight about the dynamics within the relationship and like you shouldn't be leaving feeling as though you failed, as though you as though it's 
a fault of your character and your behaviors and and I guess maybe keeping that in mind is helping me move forward because I want to be celebrated and uplifted and wholly accepted and appreciated and that was not what had taken place between us. I think it just goes to show that maybe there was this deep incompatibility that we were both willing to overlook for a long time because of how much we loved each other. I don't think you're meant to leave a relationship that gave a lot to you, feeling so riddled with doubts about yourself. And I've been spending a lot of time on the internet, as I always do, but I realized spend even more when I'm not in a relationship because it provides me with a sense of transcendence and temporary distracted fullness. And unfortunately, I am not a drug connoisseur. And so I seem to seek my highs and geeky things like the internet. And so I came across this TikTok by a young woman named Nikki Dawes. Her handle is Relationship Addicts. And on her website, she describes herself as a self-proclaimed recovering relationship addict and so i guess she's created a blog as well as this tiktok where she talks about her relationship experiences but particularly any kind of toxic and unhealthy and even abusive behaviors exhibited by herself as well as by her partners and so there's this one tiktok on her page where she's responding to this other tiktok of a young woman lying on the floor with the audio of her i guess having a really strong emotional reaction to being left by or ending things with her partner and on the page she writes when people think they can hurt me but i literally cried like this over a man on the floor and my mom had to pick me up and force me to move or breathe and so nikki does she responds to this tiktok and talks about how it makes sense to think that you know when you leave a relationship and it feels so hard to let go of and so painful to let go of that maybe you're not meant to and that this person is actually you're meant to be and you know that the love you share between the two of you is so large that you're not really meant to let go of it. But something she identifies is that having really intense, large, painful reactions to leaving someone or being loved by someone is oftentimes actually a sign that your relationship was in some ways unhealthy and maybe even traumatic. And that sometimes the more you're hurt within a relationship, the more painful it is to leave, especially if it's something that you have been, you know, you get hurt and then you come back to that there's this sense of addiction to the pain that makes it much more difficult to remove yourself from when the time comes. And I think seeing that was somewhat helpful for me, you know, feeling so much for this person for so long. And of course, a lot of, a lot of it being the most incredible things and just like all this love that I've held for this person, but also a lot of it being all the pain that I've experienced. It definitely gets in my head sometimes and I think, oh my god, I'm never gonna feel so intensely for some anybody else and should I really be letting go of somebody who makes me feel so much? Like, what if everything else will always fall flat in my life? But I think if anything, the intensity of the pain only helps me understand that it's not meant to feel this way, that there was something probably quite wrong about our connection. And that maybe it's okay for me to be watching him move forward with this new person because a lot of the things that I felt throughout our relationship, I don't think the person that is right for me would have made me feel. And I guess it's both reassuring to look at things like that and also quite sad because it's hard to 
acknowledge all the painful bits while not letting yourself erase all the good bits too. I think the dialectic nature of that is just so hard to navigate because oftentimes we like to think that people or experiences are all bad or all good and when they're a combination of those things, I guess it's harder to wrap our minds around. And I think one of the most seductive impulses is also thinking about this new girl and all the ways in which I can compare myself to her and make conclusions about whether she's better than me and whether she's better for him than me and whether in some ways I'm deficient and that there are things not right about me. And I think I've actually gotten better at not doing that and just letting go of those intrusive thoughts because they bring nothing but obsession and you know, self-doubt and pain, or even like delusional reinforcement of your own ego, where I don't think I can ever say that I'm better than any partner that my lovers are going to have, because everybody's so different. I guess it's more whether I or she or whoever is better for him than the others. And in some ways, that's also so hard to accept, because again, it leaves me feeling deficient and as though I somehow failed, because I tried so hard. I don't know if he fully acknowledges that or not, but it's something that I guess nobody can really take away from me because I know for myself that I tried so hard for this relationship. And so knowing that somebody else is still better for him and doesn't have to work as hard just makes me really sad. Because why? (laughs) I don't get it. And of course it's the same thing where he also tried so hard for me and you know, like if things had been right for us, then we would have worked and we didn't and that's just something to accept and let go of and move forward with I just have this fear that being with this new person is also showing him all the ways in which I am not that great and that maybe he's gaining this newfound perspective on me and like seeing all the things that are kind of wrong with me because there are all these things right with her you know I think one of the issues was that It was hard to accept certain things about me and, you know, particularly the fact that I am somewhat strange and provocative when it comes to, like, things I do on the internet or things I like to write about, things I like to make art about. Even this podcast, the fact that I want to get on here and, you know, expose myself in all these unnecessary ways that's, I know, not for everybody. And I think, like, I always had this really big, growing fear and insecurity I guess probably starting from adolescence or even maybe younger than that, but just this feeling that I'm too weird and too much, particularly in the eyes of boys. And I think being in this relationship that instead of calming those insecurities only escalated them further leaves me in kind of a weird place now because I'm definitely wondering whether anybody's gonna appreciate those things about me. And like, it makes me really sad to think that he's experiencing a sense of relief to not have to navigate all these things with somebody else and I guess in some ways it's it's good to have been with someone who found it difficult to accept certain parts of me because it made me realize what's important and like what I want to fight for and that these maybe seemingly small things that I do whether it's post crazy performative stories on my Instagram or whether it's something larger and what I want to make art about and like what kind of career I want to have and what kind of place I want to have in this world 
Like it made me fight for it and go on the defense and realizing what you're willing to go on the defense for is really important in forming your sense of identity and helping you understand what kind of person you want to be and like what you genuinely unconditionally love about yourself even if the person you love has a hard time loving those things about you. I think somewhere along the line someone's gonna come along it's just sometimes hard to be really patient especially when you feel like your former lover is doing a much better job of moving on at a faster pace than you but that's okay I have time I'm grateful for the space that I now have to be whoever I want to be and not feel like everything I do has to be approved once I'd stopped crying, I think it was, it's always crazy <laughs> to experience so much intense emotion and then to come out of it and know what to do with yourself after because it just, you know, it feels like you just reached the end of the world and yet life continues. Something I'm going to talk a lot in depth about next episode is coping strategies with intense emotions <laughs> because it's something I have had to and I'm still learning about in therapy. You know, I guess to give you insight on what I did this time around was that I felt it out. <laughs> I think that was kind of the only thing I could have, like to the fullest degree too, which of course, again, anybody who walked by me while I was sobbing on the streets so publicly likely thinks I'm actually terribly unhinged, but I'm not unhinged, I just experience emotions a bit intensely, I guess. I think I'd naturally reached a certain almost physical calm just by making myself experience all the emotions that was wanting to come out it eventually got my body to its natural equilibrium because i almost wore myself out with it and i woke up and i realized i was starving because also i had kind of just forgotten to eat throughout the day which most definitely heightens heightened my experience with emotions so i made sure to eat that made me feel better immediately and then i distracted myself by watching some tv and eating my food and taking it easy and not beating myself up for maybe embarrassing myself and having this, to a degree, nonsensical emotional reaction that maybe anybody else would think, oh my gosh, that is so out of proportion. I can't believe she was sobbing so awfully on the street because of that. But in the context of who I am, it makes sense. And it's okay. And it doesn't mean that I'm insane. It doesn't mean that I'm weak. This whole breakup, moving on, letting go process feels like a medieval battle. I think when it comes to talking about feelings and exes and moving forward and stuff, there's always this dialogue about, you know, like empowering yourself and being like, oh, like you're moving on to bigger, better things. Like, oh, that person they're with has nothing on you. Oh, like you already are having such a happier life without them, a fuck you towards them. I don't always find that very helpful. It sometimes feels like a, a band-aid response to pain and emotion. I also, if you can't tell, I'm someone who just really needs to sit in certain emotions and feel them out. And of course, throughout my life, sometimes I've sat in them for too long and it takes me to really dark places. But I think talking about things so openly right now is pretty cathartic and... I think no matter whether I receive the vocal confirmation from other people or not, I know that I'm not alone in this experience. And so on one hand, I think, oh my gosh, I must sound like a freak for being so stuck up on this and for like exposing myself in a way that 
might be embarrassing and probably sets myself up as like not the most alluring desirable character and maybe it would be better if I pretended that I'm totally fine and that I moved on too and I don't even care that he's with this new girl and that I don't have doubts about whether I'm less attractive and less smart and less kind and less easy to be with like I am thinking about all these things I'm my gosh like I'm so preoccupied with it today with social media especially it's so much more advantageous to set yourself up as as someone who's doing really well and who is super empowered and who like doesn't have all these doubts about themselves but that's not me I guess and I don't mind people knowing that I'm in a lot of pain right now and that I'm really struggling with it because the way that I experience emotions is a big part of who I am and something that's teaching me a lot of lessons and something that brings a lot of grief in my life but also is like what makes me want to write and what makes me want to make these podcasts that I have no idea if anyone's listening to or like um, I don't know even like dance crazily on the internet or yeah live life in in a louder more present more fulfilling way like to let myself experience all these emotions as intensely as as they come out of me and I guess learn how to move forward with my life throughout that and how to make the most out of it and how to like grow delicious things like potatoes and stuff out of it rather than drown in the like barrenness of it yeah and so we're coming to an end to today's episode it's funny because I actually was planning to talk about something quite different but you know I did not anticipate such events unfolding and they did and I think it's all very relevant to this podcast so I hope that anything I said was insightful or meaningful or thoughtful or funny or relatable anything at all and I guess I'm going to finish off with a poem, actually. This is from the Paris Review's Spring 2022 issue, and it's called The Other Love by Henry Cole. The Other Love. It doesn't smell here. I can be whoever I want to be. I can leave my dull citizen life behind. But have you ever walked around looking for what was already in your hands? Standing upright with arms down, Staring straight ahead, I could be a statue or a pine tree. The love-canceling hours are gone. There is no ick factor. I do not cut down more than I can grow. It's like living a simple life in a forest or splitting off a part of me to grow. You probably think that I'm more like a swan than a panther. Since tears, those most ludicrous of things, once stuck my eyes together. But all that is over now. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I still get so excited that my love can scarcely express itself. Sometimes I eat a toad to prove a point. Sometimes I succumb to flattery. Sometimes I watch smut. But inside me, a strange new work is underway. I see the first stars in the southern hemisphere. I imitate the gull's cry when I stand by the sea. I love the things I love and nothing more. That was really beautiful, actually. I love the poem. And lastly, my three songs of the week are I Can't Tell You Why by The Eagles. I've decided that this is probably one of my all-time favorite songs ever. 
The next song is by one of my favorite artists called Rye, and it's their song Black Rain. And honestly, their recommendation is actually every one of their songs because I love them so much, but Black Rain in particular right now because it's one of their more upbeat, uplifting songs, I think, where a lot of them are slower and very thoughtfully sad, actually. But this one is the kind that makes you want to get up and groove a little more. And then my last song is actually, I mean, also more of an album recommendation, if anything, but Miley Cyrus just released a, I guess, a live performance of her when she was opening for Green Day, and it's called Attention, Miley Live. She's someone I actually really admire as an artist, but also I think I look at her personal life that's been discussed online and the fact that she had this really difficult relationship that was on and off and that it seemed like you know her and Liam Hemsworth had so much love for each other but it didn't seem to fit right no matter how hard they tried and they kept trying and it just feels like that must have been really terribly painful and for an artist to like make beautiful art in the midst of that and to evolve and to be quite open about those experiences, that's definitely something I really admire. That is all for today, but thank you so very much for listening, and I hope you don't think I'm insane after listening to this, but oh well, if you do, that's wrong too. <laughs> My name is Daria Supanbergana, and thank you so much for listening to episode 3 of Intimacy by Daria. <laughs> by Daria. And I'll talk to you soon.